music, news, interviews, live events, and more. Welcome to the Hivecast with Matt Pinfield. Hey, it's Matt Pinfield. Welcome to this edition of the Hivecast. We're actually coming to you from the basement of the RCA Studios in New York City, which is actually was the Ritz and Webster Hall. And uh, now it's Webster Hall, but uh, some of the first ever stereo recordings were done in this building. Bob Dylan's first ever uh, recording he did in 62, harmonica playing on Harry Belafonte's record. Elvis recorded here, Sinatra, Jefferson Airplane. I mean, the list goes on and on, but I'm very excited to be here with someone I'm a big fan of. It's Sam Beam, who you know is Iron and White. Sam, good to see you, man. Good to see you, Matt. How's it going? I'm doing great. Now, you played here so many times, but didn't really know the history of it. I had right? no idea. They told me it was a burlesque theater yeah, <laughs> at I'm one sure point. <laughs> I think that's what most people are interested in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I'm sure that's what brought in most of the money back in the day, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's pretty But uh, yeah, this learning about the history today is it's really fascinating. It is. And it's such a cool old building. Now, you're speaking of ghosts and old buildings and what can yeah. be there. The new Iron and Wine album, your fifth record, is called Ghost on Ghost, which uh, I love this record. And uh, the title of the album, are you a believer in ghosts? And uh, You know, yes and no. Uh, the part of me that doesn't want to believe it feels very strongly and very safe and secure. And then all of a sudden you'll hear stories that you can't deny. And sometimes it's a little spooky. Um, but, you know, I also love the idea of obviously we are spiritual beings. And who knows how that, that stuff works. Uh, you know, who knows what happens when we're when we go to the other side maybe some people don't go Rest. on who knows yeah who knows i've definitely heard some crazy stories over the years i've never experienced anything myself though yeah neither have i and i you know i, I mean maybe when i was uh, i was in a different altered state maybe i thought i saw a ghost <laughs> yeah. and uh and i won't deny that i you know there's no it's no secret that i've been in altered states before so you know and but that, that might have been because of lack of sleep you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. before coffee yeah you know so you know so what do you think about these celebrity ghost sighting shows i think a lot of it's really i don't believe it. i mean personally <laughs> but yeah i don't know maybe i'm they might get pissed when they, if they listen to this and some of the people go what is he talking about it just <laughs> It's just it's hard for me to believe that they found that many celebrities, new or old, that all had ghost experiences. It's hard to say, man. <laughs> people like to get in front of a camera, that's for sure. They surely do. And a lot of them, I understand, they probably, you know, it's the first, first time they've been in front of the camera in a while. And, you know, so they're like, hey, what the hell? I'll <laughs> create some great stories. Sure, yeah, I've seen lots of ghosts, whatever. <laughs> exactly. And it's probably the same thing, like I said, they were in an altered state and believed at the time that they did. <laughs> but it's great. So tell me um, about... The new record's great. I mean, you actually oh, in, employed all these jazz musicians. Now, your drummer, yeah. who played with Wayne Shorter, you played with him before, too, right? Tell us about uh, A little bit. I met Brian Blade through Rob Berger, who does the arrangements on the record, and I was real familiar with his work. Um, he was amazing. It was like watching the people, yeah, these heroes that you have in jazz that you watch and you just you sit and watch them with your mouth open, gaping and just, yeah. just in denial that's happening in front of you it was really distracting trying to <laughs> perform while he's playing because i kept on getting lost watching him but uh somehow we managed to get to it and uh yeah it was a real treat now did brian blade actually was he the guy or was a burger who employed and got the rest of the musicians the people that were brought uh, in the well, horn section and some of the other folks most of them were people that he had played with i had met several of them before but most of them came in through their relationship with him. I, I think last time I spoke to you, we would put out um, 
another version of that uh, Flightless Bird tune. Yeah, which is great. Thanks, man. Great. Thanks. Great song. But Kenny Wallace and, and uh, Tony Sher had played on that, so I had met them through that. So it kind um, of was it came it was a kind of collecting people and through yeah. experiences and meeting that yeah. this thing out. But all New Yorkers for the most part. So we did it over in Brooklyn and. Um, you guys have a, a really great talent pool here. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. You know, because there's so many people here, and there's so many artistic people here. That's a yeah. great thing about being in the New York area, suburbs, and even Jersey yeah. and Long Island is there's so many talented musicians yeah. and people and artists and writers and actors. And, yeah, it's pretty concentrated. Know. Now, speaking of which, we got to go back in time. I want to go back into your history. I mean, you're born in uh, South Carolina, and that's where you basically did elementary school and everything. But, and yeah. you went to Virginia to school for a while, too. That's you? right, yeah. Man, you have a great memory. Holy cow. No, you know, in school, but yeah, you went to Virginia. <laughs> I did. I went to college in Virginia to an art school and then uh, went to Florida after that for like Which a graduate. Florida State, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right, to a graduate film program. And then uh, went to Miami to work for a while. I uh, want to talk to you about that, too, because that's, sure. to me, very cool. Now, your mom was a school teacher, too, right? She, yeah, she was, yeah. Man, she, what? <laughs> your your brain is like a like a index file. What is you know, it's just, you know, but it's but it's I'm cool. Just You're looking at the internet right now, aren't yeah. you? No, no, I'm looking at you, right? Tell, you, tell everybody I'm not, right? The computer is facing the other way, <laughs> and there's and you know, and it's recording us. So we're good, but um, no, you know, I mean, you know, a lot of times that's what happens. I mean, I know in my family, my dad was a school teacher, my sister became a school teacher, my brother, yeah. and you know, I teach people about music in a different way, you know, and, right, yeah. and share my, those experiences, but. I love the fact that for a while so you did that, and you went down to Miami to teach. Now you were talking. Well, I mean, actually, I went down to work, and I worked for quite a bit in production. And then my kids came along, and I don't know if you, you know, production hours are crazy. So, oh yeah, like, um, I mean, hey, yeah. you know, you know that there's that university, Full Sail University, great yeah. school in Orlando, yeah. and you know they actually they do school twenty four seventh because they want their students yeah. to experience what it's like to do production because <laughs> there are no hours. It's not nine to five. It ain't yeah. even nine to nine to ten. Yeah. Which is which was great when I was single. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it keeps you out of trouble. It does because uh, you're in the studio and you're working, yeah, so yeah. you know you're not but, running. Uh, when the kids came along, uh, teaching seemed like a better idea. So tell me about teaching. You know, I know that you know you studied art as a visual artist. You painted a lot. Yeah. Um, which is one of the things that's, that I know, you, you, you know, there's always that visual side. But yeah. when you were teaching film, I'd love to know in cinematography, like what kind of things you were teaching? What was in that curriculum? And Oh, well, that cinematography is actually pretty dry because it's so technical. You know, you can get into the aesthetics of it a lot, but it's actually fairly easy to teach because there's a certain amount of technical information you have to get across for them to understand how to make this machine work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which was nice to step into as I went in. As I went further, I started teaching more um, screenwriting classes and film history classes and stuff um, where you have a bit more aesthetic leeway. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but the film classes were pretty dry. You know, it's a it's yeah. a technical class. Yeah. Um, but so no, did you, when you did film history, though, um, yeah. I mean, because you obviously are big, you're a, visual, you're a visual artist and you're a huge fan of film like I am. I yeah. think one time you and I hung out, we were talking about film noir yeah. and in the, the use of because of the budgets they had, mm -hmm. you know, they'd use light the best they could and there was just, yeah, yeah. I love those films, don't they you? They were great. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. What are some of your favorite movies of all time? Speaking of film, what are some of the things uh, that you love and that you oh, reference? Man, you know, that's like what's your favorite color? I don't know. There's so many. There's so many. I love the film noir movies. Um, I was the guy who always liked the weird European movies. That's uh, cool. You ever seen yeah. like, um, Wages of Fear? You know, yeah, the Strata, yeah. things like that. I've been trying to turn people on to that movie, and I think it's such a tense movie, The Wages of Fear, but I think it, the pacing gets lost on people now. It's like they're so used to 
it was such a trendsetter at the time, but now the the pacing is too slow for people. They're just like, yeah. You know, like I love that movie so much, and I'll tell you a funny story. I was at my old radio station. Uh-huh. We did this contest with Phoenix, and we were like, "All right, let's go see, hang out with Matt Pinfield and, and Phoenix, and watch a French movie." Uh-huh. So we, all, we <laughs> this was like during the Wolfgang Amadeus Phoenix movie. And as I'm going up the elevator, and they're uh-huh. carrying a movie, I go, "You guys like that French film Wages of Fear?" And they go, "Shit, that's the one we should have brought. It's one of our favorite <laughs> movies." Because I, I love that film. So it's a beautiful. It's amazing. It's so tense. Estrada, things like that too. I love yeah Fellini stuff. I mean. It kind of runs the game of the German movies, the Russian movies, yeah. all, the, all the weird ones. Um, yeah. But I also, re- you know, some of my favorite, Cassavetes and Altman, all these American yeah. classics. Yeah. Do you like things too, like, Mamet, like Dog Day Afternoon and things like oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Such a great... That was amazing, yeah. Yeah, that movie's still like on my top <laughs> yeah. 10 list, you know? Uh, I, I'm not a real discerning movie watcher, to be honest. Yeah. I, I like lots of... Th- I think it's because you get into the craft of movie making, you can... One, there's the the thing where you don't really want to waste your time because movies are long. But usually, even if it's a bad movie, you can find something, you can learn something, even if it's from someone else's mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Which is nice. Yeah, exactly. I think that's great. So at, at that point, you were teaching. Yeah. When you gave, you recorded on this, you know, a bar four track, right, recorder? Yeah, that yeah, that's right. But you gave, you know, Ben Bridewell from Ben Band of Horses, his brother uh, Michael was the first guy you gave, yeah. was a, you gave a demo Man, to. Your memory is amazing. You well, you like know, part I mean, elephant. What is going well, on? Yeah, I know. <laughs> And I look like one too, you know. <laughs> but um, you know, do you ever wonder if you hadn't given that to Michael, if it hadn't made its way to yeah, John who knows? Coleman over at Sub Pop? Yeah, you knows? think you'd still be teaching at this point? Oh, who knows, man? I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a wild feeling. Is it? You ever think back and go, I wonder if I hadn't? Yeah, you know, because you know, it's life is such a chain of events. You know. Yeah, it who is. knows? It's hard to say. Um, I definitely was spending a lot more time doing. Uh, music you know it was start my hobby was starting to take over all my free time and I was definitely starting to look into I remember I bought a book on releasing independent records you know it was like is this something I should you know re- if I'm going to spend this much time I should try to you know do something with it but uh, fortunately it got into the right hands before I got to mess it up yeah that's <laughs> fantastic how everything worked out and here we yeah. are now on your fifth album and yeah. speaking of the lucky number five five daughters <laughs> <laughs> which is amazing too. You know, I have two daughters, yeah. so I'm the same thing. It's like two daughters. People are like, "Oh, did you you know want a son or want any of that kind of stuff?" But you and Kim, right? You have five daughters. Yeah, and yeah. Your wife. Now, one of your daughters does sing on a bunch of your songs with you. Is that correct? Is that true? Uh, not is on that, a record, but yeah. she sings around the house. Yeah. I, well, they all sing. Yeah, they're little kids. That's what they do. Yeah. Um, what are they like? Well, one of my daughters the other day, she she'll be singing in the back of the car, and I heard her. Um, she and she'll just riff and make up lyrics. It's amazing. I wish I could do this. Um, she what was what was the other day? She said, uh, "There's a bridge I walk on with God, and sometimes it melts." That was her <laughs> lyric. That's <laughs> cool though. I Think about it. You listen, you're going, "Wow, it's great creativity." I, know, I was like reaching for a pencil to write it down. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. They all sing. You know, they're real. They're pretty musical. Yeah, they they love it. Yeah, and what are they into? Are they into the kind of the the gateway music, the things they hear in pop music, or oh yeah, into- they're whatever's on the radio. Well, actually, their oldest daughter is fifteen, and she's way into you know the Hot One Hundred, um, Taylor Swift, you know all this stuff. Yeah, the, and the young young girls her age like, and so the little girls. Oh, like what the big girl, what the yeah. big sister likes. So yeah, because yeah, they're, they're in the room and they're seeing them yeah. and yeah. they're singing. They what do they think of dad? Like, I mean, you know, dad is. They see video well, and film of you performing, and what is their reaction uh, to that? 
I don't know how they feel about it because I don't really, I don't know, I don't really talk to them about it because they, it's always been there for them. Most of them yeah. have been born since I was working um, in this crazy business. And yeah. um, and so I don't think they know any different. They don't think of it as, as strange. Whereas if I ever saw my dad singing on the television, I would <laughs> lose <Yeah>. my mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. I, I don't really wave the flag either. Um, on the one hand, I try to keep life as normal as possible. I, mean, I don't tour a whole lot. Um, but at the same time, dad's always going to be dad. He's not going to be cool no matter. You know what they I say? I mean, I'm sure, you know, whoever the coolest, you know, whatever, Bono or whatever, his kids probably think he's a jerk and dad. And too. it's the same thing with <laughs> Steven Tyler always said. You yeah. know, he goes, he goes, oh, dad's still always dad. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's, like, you know I mean? it's very true. I could be doing backflips on stage at Giant <laughs> Stadium, and it doesn't matter. I'm it's still dad. Look at dad up there, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. It's a lot of wisdom to Steven Tyler. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty funny, right? It's incredible stuff. Now, um, you know, I've always loved the fact that you pulled some really incredible covers out when you, oh, when you play and record. Like thanks. that Bonnaroo live record where you do Mr. Soul, Buffalo oh, Springfield. Oh, yeah, we did do that. Yeah, I forgot about and that. And then like doing New Order, Love Vigilantes, right, yeah. Marshall Tucker. Well, I grew Tucker. up with that stuff. I love that stuff. Like you um, mean the 80s, like the yeah. stuff. Isn't it great? Well, all of it. I mean, yeah. you know, the classic rock, the country stuff, the... Yeah, the new wave stuff in the eighties, all the punk some rock. Of the new wave things that you liked. Is it, is new it? Order was my band at the time. I mean, I was way into that. Yeah, um, and the Joy Division stuff too. I still can't believe Joy Division has come around to be this big thing because it was it was so small nobody, back in the day. Yeah, nobody knew that. I remember like in the eighties having that cover of Other yeah. Puzzler's T-shirt before it like, became. What's, what and, happened? Who ripped your shirt? Yeah, you know, like <laughs> yeah. What's that weird like? <laughs> yeah. What is that? An oscillator? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You had to order them from England. And yeah, stuff. you did, and that's yeah. where you got them. You ordered yeah. them in those magazines like NME or yeah, you know, yeah. Melody Maker Sounds, yeah. whatever you could find it. Yeah, time. I mean, I, I'm I'm surprised, but at the same time, it makes sense because it was always really great music, yeah. real driving kind of cool music. Absolutely. Um, but think about that. You do doing Marshall Tucker, doing Buffalo Springfield, doing yeah, doing uh, you know, doing New Order. Of course, everybody knows you know the, the famous single Postal Service. Oh right, such yeah. great heights. And, yeah. Well, and, you know, I just try to. I don't really have much of a criteria. You know, you just find stuff that speaks to you, and that sometimes it could be just a nostalgic thing. Uh, you usually it has some kind of lyric that I try to. Uh, you know, put a different spin on and present it differently, so you hear the lyrics slightly differently. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's kind of an intuitive thing. It makes sense now when I think about you hearing such great heights and in and in, in love vigilantes and yeah. doing things your way. What other things in that new wave era did you listen to? That's what I'm really. Oh, curious lots about. of stuff. I mean, I was way into the Cure. Um, REM was a big deal because of where I grew up. Yeah, um, and I, you know, I was thought they were great replacements. I, all, all of it. I was all just into. Stuff. I watched you like every weekend. That's cool. <laughs> you did. Thanks for that. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Sam. That's great. I mean, uh, when they relaunched 124, while I'm glad you got to yeah. be on it. it yeah, me too. me too. We had that a lot a, of fun there. Kicking the head. It's the Hivecast with Matt Pinfield. Let's get back to Ghost on Ghosts, and I love the feel of this record. It's a beautiful record. I love. With Caught in the Briars in the first song, oh, it starts out like you know you feel it feels like everybody's kind of gaining their ground, and then the song <laughs> kicks in and grabs a hold, like right. you know maybe about fifteen se seconds into the track. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that was a ex there's a sort of a jam at the end of it, you know, an outro section, and the the thing that we tacked on at the beginning was actually the end of that other part. Yeah, <laughs> so, so you know, you just you, like did a little yeah, you just do a little cut and paste and see. You know, because you try to engage people and not let them get too comfortable. You want them to enjoy it, but you want to keep them 
you know, engaged in listening too. So you throw a couple curveballs in there and see what happens. Yeah, it's a beautiful song. Now I know I'm, I'm probably not getting the lyrics exactly right, That's but I know right. there's the there's the lyrics in there about the, the boys. You know, uh, they lay down beside her, sing her the saddest song, all caught in the briars. Right. Tell me a bit about that it, refrain. It's a great. Oh, well, um, you know, I sat on that lyric for a long time. I had the little the guitar progression, and you know, it was one of those things just comes out of comes out of the ether somewhere. Um, but I always liked that image of the naked boys in the briars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a it's a unsettling thing. Um, not that I really care for naked boys all that much. I don't want to get to a weird. <laughs> but, yeah. at the same time, but at the same time, you know, it's a, it's, I'm not afraid to use the lyrics. You know, I think it's important that we use the lyrics and not get a, caught up in the political weight of things yeah. like that. Um, and it's painting a picture, too. There's a very yeah, visual I mean, side to that. And in youthfulness, because, you know, there's youthfulness yeah. of getting out because maybe you're not, you're, you're with your one of your early girlfriends or boyfriends and you're out in the woods yeah, and yeah. you're out somewhere, you know, in a bar yeah. where you have some privacy or, or you right. think you have privacy. Right. That was, <laughs> you know, it's a poetic image of, you know, someone who's exposed. Yeah. And in a, you know, in a place where you'd rather not be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. Um, but, it, you know, it has a, resonance you know when you they're talking about the situation that she puts these her people in relationships with her in or or it could be speaking about the place uh you know i found when i was developing the thing that i couldn't really tell whether the chorus was about south carolina or about the woman and caught in the briar the, yeah. the subject and so but i kind of i kind of like that yeah, and you, you, you know, you grew up. How far did you grow up from Columbia? Were you near? I grew up there? in Columbia. Yeah. Oh, you did. Right, okay, yeah. great. So you were around a college town all that time. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, my dad was in state government there, and um, also taught classes at USC. Yeah. Really, that's amazing. So, yeah. you, so you were at least. So you, there was culture that, which was cool. That was a good. Yeah, thing about you know, it. stuff yeah. came through. I'm not. Um, dis I mean, I'm not disrespectful. I no, love no, South Carolina you, and North Carolina. You, you're me. not. You're preaching to the choir, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I understand. Uh, believe me, that's why I left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but at the same time you know it's it has a lot of value in other other things you know i i got to grow up with a real understanding of the wilderness yeah um which i think is important these days um because so much and of how it being, relates to us yeah yeah it really is because you have those memories and it's beautiful it's be there's stillness yeah even non even things that aren't still but it's the idea that yeah you've had the option of being around it which is yeah. a great thing so it, it helps right. with imagery too as you as a writer. i think yeah per, i mean it was a huge part of my writing now uh you know my development as a kid yeah. obviously um but yeah stuff came through you know shows would come through every now and then yeah that's the thing about being a college town that's very cool because you can i use, think so yeah yeah you know I was yeah. born in a college town, Athens, Georgia. So, oh no kidding! Yeah, even that's though I was where my sister lives. Yeah, oh, that's great, great yeah. place, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I, I like it. It's nice to visit. So, um, the other thing was now this theme recurs because it comes back in Sundown, back in the Briars. Yeah, well, they were actually the same song, and yeah. I, and yeah, I, I, I couldn't decide uh, which way to do it. <laughs> I liked both of them, so we just did both of them. Yeah, so I um, mean, it was so it was a nice way to continue the story. You know, I like those records. Not many people do it now. Um, because I, you know, I think people just listen to rec records differently. They listen to singles and stuff, which is cool too. But but there I, are I, people who still love albums as well yeah. and want to hear the full experience. I like feel like did. if you're gonna take the time to record a group of songs, it's fun to to be able to give it a cohesive feel. And so you, I like those older records where there was musical themes that would pop up. What here, are some of your favorites of those? If you, if well, you there's know. lots of them. Um, uh, Top of your know, head. 
Pink Floyd would do it a lot. Uh, yeah. Jimi Hendrix would do it a lot. You know, um, where there was a, a more of a consideration for the whole, the record as a whole, and narrative arc that kind of yeah. went through it. You know, which yeah. was very cool. Even you know, Sergeant Pepper. <laughs> yeah. it, but it, you know, but at the same time, they always joked. You know that it's not the songs don't really have anything to do with one another but they feel cohesive because we say it's yeah it's a piece you know yeah. and it's it's true you can you can get away with it you know it's so funny because you know you look back in the 70s and you know what was considered one of the biggest concept albums at one time was well we know quadrophenia and tom yeah, were, yeah. of course yeah, which, the which were great you know i love quads one of my all-time favorites but mm. i remember ian anderson and Jessel Tull saying well the reason i did thick is a brick and a passion play which were one song on two sides <laughs> was because everybody said Aqualung was a concept album. He goes, well, I only mentioned, re-mentioned the guy in two songs, and but they thought it was a concept record. So he well, goes, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him a real concept and just make one song two sides of a record. You know what I mean? Which I thought was funny yeah. and smart. You know, yeah. what, are you, what are you doing? It's a time? fun way to engage other people. You know, because even for myself, you know, I, I feel like if you say something, is something, you're going to start, you're going to listen to it and look for it in the music. Um and so it's a fun way to start a conversation. Yeah. And for that song, it was fun to be able to pick up the narrative again and go a little bit further and, and put it down again. Now, Desert Dabbler, which is the second song on the record, which yeah. is a great track. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I, there's a band from the 70s that actually uh, Adam Schlesinger from Fountains of Wayne and James Ehoff from the Pumpkins just reproduced an album for them. Which was America. There was like oh, I yeah. felt I heard some like a little bit of that, a little bit of like oh yeah, Neil, like there's oh you know, yeah, it's all thrown in there. I love yeah, that stuff. Yeah, so um, do I. I mean, I know you were born in like '74, but I mean, yeah. and America started in '70. But those records, you know, there's, there's yeah. I mean, you can't you couldn't get away from that stuff. I mean, that was what I like in utero. I heard that stuff. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> so know? it's great, but the lyric California California is going to kill you soon. You're yeah, talking about the desert. Um, and you know there there are songs that talk about like California and New York especially uh -huh. are those two cities where you know New York is killing me or right. you know yeah. I mean there's a thing about well, the, the insane two, fastness of those countries yeah they're the American meccas you know I yeah. mean that's where people make their pilgrimages to to either the the big city or the or the glitz and the glam yeah you know, the dream yeah um, and so yeah that's ripe generous material for a songwriter storyteller of any kind yeah um, i mean are there people that you know that have like i mean because i know i know people and i know that i know how i mean you know there's obviously people will bring up you know the people go to hollywood hollywood dream but i mean there's just people in general yeah you know out in california or in, you know in the desert or, you know that people just get caught up in so many different things whether it's yeah you know, addiction or or just yeah, insanity yeah. choose them know? up man yeah choose them up um yeah for sure i, I have several people i'm um uh well i went to a film school and so lots of people go out there to you know to UCLA. follow that dream yeah or yeah. just work in the industry you know because that's where most most of my friends went out there someone went to new york yeah um but um most of those people are still out there they did okay i'm glad to hear that <laughs> yeah that's me good. too me too <laughs> that's really me too. i definitely have some more friends from college you know in art school that I had a little less focus. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's easy to lose your way at times. You know what it I mean? It is, yeah, for sure. And as you go, and sometimes people are looking for inspiration and trying to find it another way. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's a that's a weird states. bird. Yeah. Joy is a beautiful song. Oh, thanks. Thanks. And I love that it. was my, uh, you know, trying to do something a little more 
quote unquote sophisticated. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's got a Baccarat kind of feel. I love those songs. Don't I, you love I'm them? just a suck, sucker for melody. So. Yeah, isn't the Burt Baccarat Hal David stuff great? I was Hal David died not that long ago. Yeah. And I was very sad to hear that. Yeah, like, it's a shame. Walk on by and. They're amazing. Raindrops keep falling on my head, my little red book, all that great stuff. I love songs that you can actually <laughs> sing in your head. You know, that's that's what I that's what I try to do for the yeah. most part. Um, I mean, I like the sonic atmosphere and stuff, but at the same time, it doesn't have a melody that you can that you can get lodged in there and come back and just frustrate the hell out of you. Then it's not really worth doing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree with you because all the hype and all all the overanalyzation of a song in in the world yeah. can't sell the song if the song doesn't have that thing in itself you know what i mean that thing that's memorable yeah. that you feel something you know what i mean yeah emotional yeah connection to well and i melody's mean, important yeah yeah for sure i mean i feel like as a songwriter you know of ones that has words and it should have a some kind of hook that catches you um i feel like it's sort of the end all be all of, of what you're trying to get to it really is and i love that lyric in there about you know the the boy stuck inside the troubled man reaching his hand. That thing is, I think we all felt like that. I felt yeah, like that. Because, yeah. you know, we still have that, that, that boyish, sometimes innocent, or at least the things that we love. We don't want to lose those things right, that right. made us fall in love with music in the first place or things yeah, in general. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know. Yeah, we're all kids inside. Yeah. <laughs> we, we absolutely <laughs> No matter how are. you front. <laughs> no matter how you front, it's right. It's so true. It's amazing. Now, you know, speaking of, we, I mentioned my little red book, and that makes me think about the band Love. Mm-hmm. And you're, collaborators you worked with Calexico I remember yeah. seeing those guys do it was right around the time Arthur Lee died and I remember yeah. talking to Patty Smith at length about Arthur Lee that day because we uh-huh. loved love, that band love and yeah, your, your friends Calexico did the greatest version of Alone Again War at Lollapalooza yeah, sure in 2006 did. right and they did they it. did yeah they've been playing yeah they play it quite often still I think they play it a lot um, it's and, a great they tune, the especially for their thing it. yeah with their thing it was just it was beautiful uh, with their you know their arrangement it just it was really great yeah you know, i heard him do a um a black exploitation soundtrack not long ago um, oh arthur lee yeah. yeah have you seen this movie um oh man i'm not i'll look it up yeah after it's wild cause he but just... it was really good it was it wasn't super psychedelic but it wasn't also you know it it wasn't um curtis kind of thing either. yeah or not like or Isaac Hayes thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, or Isaac Hayes thing. It was its own thing. It was really, it was really nice. It wasn't like it a was super guy fly shaft from, thing. Yeah. No, it wasn't shaft. It wasn't, you know. Um, oh, those are great soundtracks, right? They're pretty good, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but um, that's cool. I mean, you find that that's the thing about people like Arthur Lee. Thomasine it, and Bushrod. That was the name of it. That's the name of it? I got to <laughs> yeah. look that up. I got to look that up because I know yeah. a lot about black exploitation movies like yeah. Tick, 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 Black Gun, you know, Jim yeah, Brown, yeah. Fred Williamson, yeah. all those dudes. Check know. it out, though. Arthur Lee did this soundtrack. It was really, I thought it was beautiful. Yeah, uh, I'll definitely check that out. It was a sad loss. I mean, uh, yeah. with him uh, died of leukemia. Yeah. Very cool, though. We wrote a lot of great songs. But So how did you become friends with the Calexico guys? How did you end up working uh, with them? How did, that, how did that whole thing start originally? Well, uh, my manager, Howard, he, he worked with Corey at Touch and Go, which was putting out Kaleisko's records for a while. And so he'd been working with, he'd known them yeah. for years and he introduced us. He It was whole, his idea from the start. Yeah. I mean, I always liked their records, but I was just sort of, you know, I would have my own, you know, I was just sort of an insular kind of yeah. experience. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're doing your own thing. And yeah. then working with them, it's almost and like so it, a precursor to what a you're doing now, right? I mean, it it really music. was in a lot of ways. I mean, it, um, musically, I feel like I've, been doing some different things but 
the gym that I picked up was just learning to collaborate with people because I didn't really have any experience with that. Um, and they were such generous collaborators too. I mean, I feel like I could have gotten in a situation with some people who were a little bit more cagey or possessive. And, and then and that might have really turned bad. you off. That yeah, turned you it would have been a really bad, whereas they were a real empowering collaborators yeah. and, and I, I owe them a debt forever. Well, I, mean. I love the stuff that you did with those guys as well. Thanks, man. They were great. Now we're talking it's about the areas of the South. You moving to Austin, Texas or Dripping Springs, which is the area yeah. you live outside of Austin yeah. with your family there. How much do you love living down there? I mean, obviously everybody talks about the music scene. We know it's great. Right. But the food is great too. Food is pretty good too. Yeah. Are you into the Tex-Mex food? I think oh yeah, way into it. Um, uh, I was just in uh, Rene Ortiz's um, Thai place the other day, Sway. Yeah, he's got this place called uh, La Condesa. I don't know if you. I haven't heard about it. Next time you go to Austin, check out La Condesa. It's a Mexican place, really good. Um, this chef Rene Ortiz, um, and um, yeah, barbecue is great. Yeah. There's yeah. just like you know, it's kind of just a foodie town. Yeah. It's a creative place, and so food is a natural creative thing as well that, yeah and i love that you can just you can go there south by southwest five years in a row never eat at the same restaurant taco for every meal if you'd like exactly. <laughs> even thread gills which is a cool place is where like got all those pictures on the wall of yeah spring scene plenty but even back janice joplin doing her first shows there yeah yeah great southern food man i just love going there, there. is yeah yeah and a lot of german you know the, the texas thing is such a german um influence on the texas culture in general there's a lot of german food too yeah. which is which is yummy if you're drunk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the beer garden. It's pretty amazing. So, um, so you you know, you so your family's down there. You you like that? Is that where you want to settle at this point? Is that where you? Uh, well, actually, it's funny that you mentioned because we're getting ready to move back to the East Coast. Are you really? <laughs> yeah, we've been there for eight years, and um, it's been great. Um, but it's about time to get back to the East yeah. Coast. I've been running long enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and you know, well, we all, I mean, we all yeah. like Well, all our families on the East Coast, so it's been fun, but it's time to get back. And the, you, yeah, you're and Kim's family on the East Coast, and then yeah. also have the, you know, your, the five girls be yeah. close to other relatives. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing. It's, it's, yeah. it's time to go back. And we're looking forward. We're going to the Chapel Hill uh, Durham area in North Carolina, which is another which is, great creative yeah, town. Yeah, it's nice. You got merged there. You got all yeah, the great stuff. Get to see Mac. He's a uh, Mac, Mac a good dude. Mac. He's all right. No, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a great. He's guy. super great. He's yeah, very cool. A lot of great music coming out on Merge as well. It's just yeah. really cool stuff. Now, uh, tell me about the last song on the record, Baby Center Stage. Oh song. sure. Um, well, it's a <laughs> it's a romance in the epic proportion. No, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. It's a uh, I think the key line is, you know, doesn't doesn't anybody see how scared you are for all the huff and puff and bluster that this woman puts out. She's really, it's all for another reason. And he, this character recognizes that and that's what attracts him to her. Um, but it's also one of those situations, I don't know if you've ever had in your romantic adventures, Matt Penfield, if you've uh, <laughs> ever yeah. had someone that you might have, you know, you could have, pursued or you know you guys both had admiration for one another but you for some reason didn't do it and you always wonder what it would have been like um did i miss out on something or did i dodge a bullet yeah <laughs> i mean and that's the thing we all have those and i yeah. definitely have had more than one of those yeah. <laughs> so it's like you know where i'm like oh yeah you know, that's not, that's the yeah. funny thing about life you yeah. know what i mean and, and looking back and then you lose track of the people and you're like, oh, right you'll never find yeah, out i guess you'll never know you just <laughs> live in your memory as this beautiful thing that never was yeah um uh, or a beautiful could have been. Yeah, exactly. But um, that's what the song's about. 
It's a great track. Thanks. You know, I got I, it's so much fun having you here to come in again. Sam. Thanks, it's man. Great. It's so good to talk to you again, man. It's, it's always a pleasure. Yeah, it really, it really is, is cool. One last question was: Are you going to go out with a full eleven-piece band? Are you? Gonna yeah. Go out? Well, I think we got twelve or twelve now. Thirteen, depending on yeah. the day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It's. Uh, you know, I can't make a dime, but at the same time, it's really fun on stage. <laughs> you know what? That's what Jack White said to me about when he went out this last time for Blunderbuss. Really? When he had the all-male and all-female band, he said, man, it's going to be expensive. <laughs> but he, but it was just fun to do, you know, and he That's wanted the thing. to do it. Sometimes so, you have to just say, you know, what's more important here? Um, yeah. And so I think having a good time is important. And so, yeah, we've got those string section and the horn section, the backup singers and stuff. Um so it'll be super fun. I'm sure it'll be amazing. Sam, thanks for coming in. Sam Beam, Iron and Wine. The new album is Ghost on Ghost. Great to see you again. You too, man. Thanks. Absolutely. It's the Hivecast. Thanks for listening. This has been the Hivecast with Matt Pinfield. For all things music, news, interviews, live events, and more, go to mtvhive.com.